Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. I'm your host, Josh Miles. Today on Obsessed with Design, I'm chatting with Scott Fuller, designer, illustrator, and Southern modernist, and owner of the Studio Temporary. And just as an aside, if you hear something on Scott's audio that occasionally sounds like a small woodland creature has crept up against the microphone, don't be alarmed. It's just his giant beard saying hello. Also, we've added links to the show on all the places you can find us. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So no matter where you go for your podcasts, you're sure to find Obsessed with Design there. Head over to ObsessedShow.com and find the right link that works for you. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Scott Fuller. Okay, guys, today we have all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Scott Fuller. Scott, welcome to Obsessed with Design. Hey, man. Uh, a couple of my favorite words in your title, uh, obsession, design, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be on. This is, this is really cool. Cool. Well, you and I met, um, actually, we were trying to talk before the top of the show to remember all the details, but we originally met at Creative South like in 2013, which was in Columbus, Georgia, a few years back, then came back a couple of years later and got a killer poster from you, this yellow RCA transistor piece that I that I still uh, unfortunately need a frame for, but <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where that's going to go in the studio here really soon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we were a little fuzzy on the details at the beginning because uh, when I had this thing open in the background and I'm like digging into this piece that I was working on and I'm so, uh, you know, in depth and, and just and just focused in. None of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So I'm focused <laughs> in on this thing and all of a sudden this guy comes on and all he says is hello, but it just completely scares the crap out of me. Almost went number three. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so I think we got the dates right, but I'm not sure. So uh, that might sound a little weird towards the beginning of this thing because I'm still recovering. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I think that's the first time that to start off in an interview, I've had somebody scream. So that's uh, <laughs> you'll hold a special place in the show's history. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, I just watched your um, your video on Vimeo that uh, your friends over at Friendly Human did. And uh, I, I love that in the clip that um, you talked about or alluded to the fact that you didn't even know what design was, or at least that's what you said in the video before you went to school. So I'm, you know, I always love learning about people's origin stories and especially coming into this maybe a little in the dark. I'd love to hear about how you found yourself in the design industry and how you got started? Um, I think I always knew, uh, it's kind of like uh, you you know what you want to do or you have this thing that you love, but as a kid, you don't really put a name to it. You're attracted to certain things. Maybe it's colors, shapes, uh, you know, imagery, different things like that. And maybe there is a kind of a vocation out there for that. But as a kid, you don't really you don't really put a label to it because it's just, hey, it's just something that I enjoy. Um, my dad's a machinist. Uh, so I grew up around a lot of, uh, you know, industrial things. Um, we were right there by tra- his office. His, um, uh, his shop was right there by train tracks. So I'd see them come past all the time. And I was a big train fan as a kid. So I was constantly drawing that. Um, you know, racing. There were short tracks all over the place uh, in my hometown. So we'd go there, dirt tracks and Atlanta Motor Speedway. We go to the races every year. For me, I was looking at paint schemes. I was looking at, at different graphics, uh, stuff on my dad's tools um, was really, was kind of a big thing for me. So I got into this in an automotive uh, kind of capacity. And that's what I drew growing up. Uh, I didn't you know, do logos or posters or anything like that. I, I just I drew cars. I drew them for my buddies. Mm-hmm. I remember we uh, there was this NASCAR game that we play on my computer. There was a part in there where you could actually design the cars. Uh, it, it was kind of cool for you know for for what year it was. You know, just being part of the computer game. So I would design my buddies' cars, and then we go you know then we'd race them you know in the game and everything. Um, I went through, and I think there's a usually NASCAR is like 43 cars in the field. I think I went through and redesigned every single one of them like fix the things that i didn't like or you know i'm like you know what this guy would look really great it's like this yellow car this is really cool but it'd look awesome in bright like a like a bright 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 blue you know so i went through and i did that and i changed the crew uniforms and everything and i remember doing that 
you know, even as a teenager, um, but I still drew and everything. So I figured there was a kind of a, a place for me in this commercial art field. So I went into school. Now, when I left for college, started out doing that studio art, pen, pencil, oil painting and everything. And after two years, I was just done with it. I, I couldn't stand it anymore. I just said, you know what? I can't see myself. I love drawing and I always have, but I couldn't see myself doing it for the rest of my life. A uh, little known fact, I originally was going to college uh, for mechanical engineering. So I did mm. trigonometry, physics, calculus, all that kind of stuff in high school, um, you know, as a teenager and everything. And that's what I was going to be. And then I realized I took an art class my senior year. And then I went and, you know, visited the college and everything. And I ended up going into uh, going into commercial art. My junior year, I was I was just done with it. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to give this thing one more shot. My first class, uh, my, my very first class, my junior year was like graphic design you know, 401 or something like that. After an hour in that class, I realized that this is what I've been looking for my entire life. And I didn't even know it. I didn't. I said, so this is what you call it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and from then on, you know, as the title of this program suggests, uh, I was absolutely obsessed with it. Uh, and that was back in 2000, um, 2004 that I really set on this path to be a, to be a graphic designer. You know, that's not uh, the first time I've heard that, um, that version of the path where it's, you know, coming from a very, what seems like a less creative kind of very technical, um, engineering Mm -hmm. driven path. And then you find this design thing. Do you see like, um, parallels to that or like overlaps in how the, the engineering mind, the design mind are, are similar or do you see it as, as a, as a big switch? I no, not really. I, I think I mean everybody's got you know the creative side of the brain, and then the more logical, you know, uh, you know, mathematic kind of kind of side of the brain. And I think it's really cool that I'm I'm kind of able to use both. I mean, I think that there in especially machinists, there was a very big uh, push, obviously, for um, you know for uh, you know precision, very much so. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the way I was brought up. I mean, it was a very, it was a very blue collar bit. I mean, I've never claimed to be anything other than that. The ability to look at a piece of metal, a lump of metal, and to be able to see the end point and to be able to see all the steps that have to be taken to get to that point, instead of just sitting down and saying, you know what, I feel like making this today, you know, because I, you know, because I came into that, you know, with that lump of metal and I saw the finished piece at the end or what it could be. I always had that in the back of my mind of, you know, this has to go here, this has to be used there. And I think for me, that's been a massive asset as a designer, you know, to be able to mm-hmm. not just to, you know what, I'm just going to make a logo that looks cool. I can do that in my free time, but I have to be able to make a logo that while it can still look really, really cool, it has to do the job it was that you were hired to, to make. You know, I mean, if you're, you ha- it's supposed to, you know, it's designed for a certain purpose and you have to be able to accomplish that purpose no matter how good it looks. I can make something that looks beautiful and looks amazing and polished and angular and geometric and whatever, but if it doesn't do the job it's supposed to do, it doesn't, none of that matters. And to come into design realizing that before I ever got my first job, I think was a massive head start for me, I think. Sure. I think there's... um kind of a cool metaphor of this idea of looking at the lump of metal and figuring out what that's supposed to be. I mean, I think that that just plays really nicely into. I mean, that's how most of my sketches look when I start out. So, you know, (laughs) similarly, or maybe this is an awkward segue, but I think the name of your studio is really interesting that you decided to call it the studio temporary. I'm curious where that, where that name came from and um, kind of, what the inspiration was. So 2012, I've been, I'd been at my, at a, I was working in-house designer, to, uh, director of in-house designer at a trucking company up on Truckers Row here in Atlanta. And uh, I'd been there for about a year. And we were living in downtown Noonan uh, in this old loft. And I got my first big freelance thing. I was working on a restaurant design, which, and I love working in the food industry. It's so much fun went over to this little sign shop in downtown Noonan. Now, in a lot of old school, you know, old, old downtowns, you know, the old Main Street and, and whatnot, the, the buildings and everything or the, uh, the, uh, the companies, um, 
they're in houses, like little houses along the, along Main Street, which is really cool. I mean, there's everything from restaurants to doctor's office to dentists to, as it turns out, a, a sign painter shop. So I was in there helping to build a sign and I called in sick to work that day. Um, so I got to know this guy, old school guy, man. He was ambidextrous. He was in his 60s, you know, he could, he could do equally as well, you know, with both hands. And I said, you know, so why do you, you know, how did that come about? He said, well, I was getting, I was getting older, you know, I said, I knew I couldn't do this forever. He said, and my hands get tired. He said, so I've learned and learned and learned. So I could go with my right hand until that gets tired. And then I could switch to my left hand and back to my, I'm just sitting there looking at this guy going, holy <laughs> cow, great guy. Um, so he had this little workshop, uh, I think it was maybe 20 feet by 10 feet, 20 feet by eight feet, something like that. I had a little high-rise table there in the middle, a big blackboard over to the side and all these incredible old um, pieces of packaging and, and putty and paint and one shot and everything just all over the wall. It was an amazing little spot and just a couple minutes walk, walking distance from where we lived at the time. And I, I have a hard time sometimes working at home. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult for me. So I've always, I was always looking for a coffee shop and everything, but I was just tired of the coffee shops and, and I still am to this day. But, um, I said, you know what? I'd love to be able to work here in the evenings. So I started talking to him. We started to get to know each other a little bit. A couple weeks later, we finished the sign and he said, you know, I've been thinking about what you said. I'd like to, uh, if you want to work here in the evenings, you know, when I'm not here. I'm okay with that. Uh, here's a key. Here's the password to the Wi-Fi. You know, you don't go here. You don't go there. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you use a spot or whatnot. So I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. So I went in there the first night. And uh, as a joke, I was like, I got I to call this place something. So as a joke, I called it the Studio Temporary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started, you know, I made a little logo or something for it just for fun. And it was always a place. It was never an entity. Well, I, um, I was reading an interview by one of my favorite designers, uh, Alan Fletcher, and uh, he was asked uh, in, in an interview, he said, what's one of the most important tools in your studio? And he said, well, it's my head. I'm like, well, first of all, that's just a really awesome answer from a really cool guy. Yeah. And then I sat back and started to think about it a little bit more. I said, well, there's something to that. So I came up with the idea. I said, you know what? The Studio Temporary is great. I like the name. It's a cool story. And I, and I said, I'm going to go with this tagline of good design wherever I happen to be. Because I am, you know, I am, you know, wherever I am, you know. And it's very, seems like a very, like, it's kind of a thing to say. But, like, that's where it all got started for me. And I kind of stuck with it. So the, the other thing that you mentioned was about that same time was when you got evicted. Man, I, I would hear a lot of... You hear so many talks, design talks, and a lot of times people skip over all the crap they went through. So for me, you know, my first four, five years even in this, in the design industry were, were horrendous. I, uh, you know, I was laid off here, laid off there. We weren't expecting that. Um, well, I was working at the trucking company. This would have been in May of 2012. And all of a sudden I just got laid off. No, nobody was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. You know, we had a little, we had our, our son at the time wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even a year old and we just weren't expecting. It. So, you know, I didn't have enough freelance to keep going. I'm trying to find an odd job here, odd job there. We're falling behind and behind and behind. We just can't do it. So Julie and I come home uh, one night and there's a notice on the door saying, you know, you've got two days and you got to get out. And if uh, that'll kick you in the nuts, um, I'll never forget, you know, two nights later, we're sitting there. It's, it's, you know, one in the morning or something. And we're, we just finished packing everything up. We're sitting in the middle of, of the place we had lived for for two years at that point that is the that's the worst feeling i think i've ever had in my life um you know just so what do i go from there is this is this thing that i'm obsessed with you know i had that thought is mm -hmm. this really worth it yeah 
things didn't get better right away. You know, they just didn't. And we've gone through a couple of that, a couple of things like that in my, you know, in the, I've been designing now like professionally. I'm, I'm, this year is my decade, you know, my 10 year anniversary into this thing. First, it took me almost seven years to get to the point where I could go out on my own and do, and do this thing. And, you know, I'll never, you know, the stuff we went through, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Um, but at the same time, I can be thankful for it because it really taught me stuff that I, it taught me things that I never would have learned just on my own. I mean, who wants to go through that on purpose, right? <laughs> Was there anything you know? else that you felt like you had to do in the meantime, or did you stick with, um, you know, looking for design and marketing work during that whole time? I, I stuck with design and marketing. I mean, like I remember, um, when I got the job at the trucking company, I was working in an Apple store and not even a real Apple store. It was called Peach Mac. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even get a job in a real Apple store. Right? <laughs> and I just happened to sell a computer. I was still doing some stuff on the side, but I happened to sell a computer to the right guy. Um, I was at a Minuteman Press. I was at a Subway for a couple of weeks. I was unloading trucks uh, for UPS and uh, like Kirkland's, this little tchotchke store that you'd see in most like malls or strip malls or something. Um, and that wasn't that long ago, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, four years ago, mm-hmm. four and a half years ago. Yeah. So, you know, all this stuff is still really fresh in my mind, but you know, I heard, um, the other th- one other thing that I've really kind of gotten into, you know, maybe not, you know, the weightlifting part of it, but I've been watching, uh, did anybody ever see like the strongman stuff like around Christmas mm-hmm. time, right? It would, mm-hmm. it would always see like the, um, the world's strongest man and everything. Well, I've been really, I've always enjoyed that as, as, um, you know, Christmas time and everything, but I have really gotten into it. And I remember one of my, my favorite, you know, strongman was Eddie Hall from, uh, from Great Britain. And he's not, he doesn't come from a normal kind of a strongman background. He does, he's not the normal size or whatnot mm-hmm. that you would normally think, especially at this time. So he said for the longest time, he said, I was lying to myself, you know, saying, I can do this. This is what I've been called to do. I know I can make this thing. And he said, and after a while, you pretty much just start believing the lie, you know? And I think that, I think that that's, that's kind of what got me through. I mean, I went through some stuff and, you know, maybe I should have tried to get some more, more things along that line. I have a wonderful wife um, who stuck with me through all of it. I just still to this day is, is just the most amazing thing to me. And then, and then I love her and she, there's no way I do this without her. You know, she's, she's right there with me. You know, I don't, this whole crap about, you know, is a, you know, behind every good man, every man is a, you know, successful man is a good, that's, that's the biggest load of crap for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're right there next to each other, hand in hand, side by side, arm in arm, whatever. And she's been that way the whole time. And I'm so thankful for that. So Julie, if you listen to this, I love you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Um, but for me, there was design and that was it. I'm as stubborn as a mule. Um, anybody who knows me <laughs> really, really well knows that's true. Um, I'm one of the nice, I, I try to be, you know, one of the nicest guys in the room or industry or whatnot. I stuck with it and it's, it's paid off in a big way. Well, I found it interesting. Um, if you don't mind a giant, uh, segue here, but I thought it was interesting when I was Not looking up some information on you before the show that, um, that you're website actually redirects to dribble so i thought that was that was a <laughs> a novel approach to uh hacking the need for for a website and portfolio since you've got just so much stuff up there but talk me through um that strategy and and what your thinking was um my thinking was i don't do any web at all and i'm horrible at it <laughs> so this was the easiest this was the quickest thing that i could do i'm serious i mean i i wanted to have i feel like I feel like sometimes if you see an at Gmail behind uh, behind an, you know at an email address, yeah, right. it's like you know, and there's a lot of folks that, that still do that. That's fine, but I feel like there's a legitimacy to having your own URL. So I, I got that just for the email, and then I said, "Oh, cool! I can redirect it." Well, I don't have a site, don't know how to do one, can't afford to pay for one. 
but dribble's free, <laughs> you know, so I just threw it up there. Yeah. And what better way to get somebody right into the heart of your work than to just send them re- right to the, you know, the most recent posts on dribble. It was the same thing with that. And then of course, you know, my Instagram game, I've, I've worked super, super hard at that. I think I actually have more work on there even than I do on dribble. I try to post the finished pieces on dribble and, you know, my back and forth and whatnot, you know, for, for Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, but, it, but it's kind of cool. Now, I, I am working on a site. It will, it will be coming this year. It, it's close to being done. I'm going to have my first legitimate site. And it only took me a decade. So, I'm actually really proud of myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, you know, I don't want people to type in, you know, dribble.com slash studio temporary because nobody remembers, you know, only industry folks know that there's three Bs in dribble, not two. Right. Uh, so, I figured, you know, go to the studiotemporary.com, redirect you wherever I want, and then we go from there. You know, what's the short version of the story is I did it because I was lazy. Uh, you know, long version was, you know, the previous 10 minutes of, of me of me talking. So, you know, I'll leave that up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's yours to decide, listener. So, Scott, um, tell us a little bit about um, kind of how your studio is structured. And I ask that with the perception of this is a solo practice. So I'm just kind of curious, like, are you doing all the work yourself? Are you bringing in freelancers? Do you have interns? Have you have you ever had a team outside of yourself? And what's kind of your vision for scale? The quick answer is no to all of those. Um, I do the shipping uh, from the stuff on my store. I talk to all the clients. I do all the work, uh, whether it's production level stuff or really, you know, even higher level, you know, stuff like that. I send off the sketches. I, you know, I, I take out the trash. I mean, I, it literally is a one man shop in, in the purest sense of the word. And, and I like that. I, um, you know, you know, my dad at his peak, you know, running his machine shop had three employees, I think. And one of them was my mom doing the, doing the books. So, <laughs> you know, I, there are things I think I will start to delegate out probably in the next six months. Um, but none of it will be design related. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I enjoy talking about design. I enjoy helping folks out. I enjoy, you know, if somebody says, Hey, what do you think of this? Let's work on this. Okay. That's fine. But if somebody comes to me, hires me to do something and then I kind of ship it out to somebody or, you know, that for me, it's just, you know, they came to me, they asked me for the design. I'm going to do the design. Um, But I I like touching, I like touching every part of this. I, I like interacting with the client because that, you know, that's an introduction to, you know, let's be honest to me, they're coming to the studio because they want me to do, you know, X, Y, Z. So I don't want to send somebody else to go talk to them and then me come back, get the information and just kind of jump into it. you know, I want them to, to, if you call, you call the phone, you call the studio phone, I pick up, you email it. I'm the one who answers. If somebody messages me an angry something on, you know, direct message on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I'm the one that comes back with a really coy response, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of, and I like that. Um, So I don't, I think I'd like to do, have an intern, you know, um, maybe starting, I think starting next year is is what I'm building up to. I think I'd like to do two a year. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a lot of fun, a paid internship. There will be no stipends. There will be none of that crap. Yeah. It will be a paid internship. I feel very strongly about this. Um, I think I was spoiled. I say I was spoiled at my first, uh, my first internship at a company in Atlanta, man. They paid me, you know, they paid me hourly. They paid me time and a half for, you know, after 40 hours, man. I get there at 830 in the morning and I didn't leave until 7, 730. I didn't, I was one of the last people to leave as an intern. You know, so that's what I learned. You know, I was like, hey, you, you know, you're you're hiring somebody to do something, you pay them to do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm deaf. That's my, I'm going to get down off my soapbox now. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think moving forward, I want to keep things manageable. I, I know what it takes for us to live. Uh, I know where I would like to be and we're getting a lot closer. Um, my goal this year, one of my goals was to double what I made last year. and. I'm well on that way. 
Very nice. Uh, which is which is massive. So, um, you know, I'll take as much work as I can. Um, I probably too much sometimes, you know, because <laughs> I just don't want to. I still have this fear that if I say no, that they don't they don't want to wait, and it's like, look, we need to get this thing done, or. I know you only said you said you could start on it in, in three weeks or something, but we get in cold feet, you know. So my deal is, I got to do it now. They're you know the iron is hot and, the, and they're here and they're asking for me, so I've got to do it now, you know. Right. So I've but I've gotten to the point now and I've built up a reputation enough to where I say, look, I can start on it in a couple of weeks. I will be able to do that. And this year, for the first time in three years, I had a waiting list, mm-hmm. and it had more than you know one person on it. Right. <laughs> You know, which which is nuts. Um, it's really cool to get to that point and to know that, you know what, they'll wait an extra two weeks or an extra three weeks to work with me, you know, or even more or even a month plus, you know. For me, that that's mind blowing. I mean, I I've worked my tail off to to, to get to this point. So I I try not to take I don't want to take any of this stuff for granted ever. Um but I have amazing clients. I have amazing uh, vendors, uh, people that I work with. Um, they're great. It's taken me years to to kind of find the right ones, but I'm I'm super happy with that. Um, as far as growth, you know, I want to keep it small. I want to keep it manageable to to where I can still just kind of run the bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that changes down the road, but for now, I'm very happy with. Um, was kind of running a, a one-man shop. Well, I also loved, um, you know, you mentioned the video earlier, but I loved that it kind of showed your studio and how you've, you know, basically surrounded yourself by all these bits of design <laughs> that are, you know, everything from the U.S. Postal Service logo, which is a side point I used to think was a silhouette of a postman because the apparently the mailbox that my mom used to drive by all the time, the Eagle's head was kind of obscured. So I thought that wing was like his hat and he was like (laughs) facing to the left. And I think if you stare at it long enough, you probably see what I'm talking about. But as a kid, I I totally thought that was a guy. (laughs) And then you've got your advertisers think you're stupid sign, which I think shows up a lot on on Instagram. That was, that's a story right there. Um, James, when I got, um, James Victoria is a massive, uh, influence on my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, and kind of, and some of my philosophy too, I finally got to meet him for the first time, uh, back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2016. I finally got to meet him. Uh, we had been back and forth with each other since I think it was 2011. Uh, his book came out, the, um, you know, uh, who died and made you boss, mm-hmm. uh, his book, which is fantastic. And I, and I know he's writing a second book. I can't wait to get it. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, but he had just gotten on Twitter and he said, uh, Hey, my 5,000th follower, um, I'll, you know, whoever it is, I'll take you out for a drink or something. Um, you know, cause I, at the time he was in Brooklyn and that's where a lot of his, his followers and everything were. So here comes this kid from Noonan. <laughs> I won, right? I'm like, hey, 5,000. He said, great. What time do you want to go? Um, you know, what time do you want to go out? And I was like, well, I'm in noon. And he says, well, I can't ship beer. And I actually don't drink. I'm, I'm 32 years old. I've never had a drink before in my life. <laughs> um, but um, he says, well, I can't ship beer. He said, how about I send you posters? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. You know, and, and inside I'm going, you know, basically the same scream that I did at the beginning, the number three, the whole shebang. That's I basically did that again. So um, two weeks later, I get a massive poster to seven posters all signed mm, nice. by him. Because like he'll print like some of the posters, some of the prints and everything, they'll like print the signature on there, but he signed it again in pencil, you know, all of them. And yeah. it was great. And the first one I pulled out was that advertisers think you're stupid uh, poster. And I love it. I love it. It's just, it's kind of like the first, the first thing people folks see when they come into the studio, really because it's on a day glow orange, <laughs> you know, Cooper black on day glow orange yeah. uh, ink is no way you can miss it. Um, kind of letting there's some irreverence, you know, to what I do or the, the type of, the type of, uh, you know, person that I am or something like that. Um, but 
you know, maybe it's a little off-putting to a couple of folks. I've had a one guy, you know, get a little upset, but I was like, hey, you know what? Whatever. Um, you know, it's my, my studio, my place. I've been wanting for a place to hang posters up for a long, long time. So here it is. Yeah. Um, but then he and I finally, well, we kept in touch and he and I finally got to meet at the How conference. Um, I, uh, I didn't have a ticket. I snuck my way in. I hope nobody, uh, for how I was listening to this, your security <laughs> sucks, but, um, I got to meet him. And I even told him, I'm like, hey, man, I snuck in here just to meet you. And he was like, that is awesome. <laughs> you know? Sounds so like that it's, Yeah. So I, I figured, I, I said, you know, out of everybody here, I figured you would appreciate that. And he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but that's what I do. You know, I, I'm, I'm always on the lookout for, for different things like that. You know, you know ways to, to kind of get in on certain things, you know. Not necessarily by hook or by crook, you know, but just, you know, how can I, you know, the person I am, how, how can I kind of get into this and get folks to take me seriously? Still, uh, still something I'm always working on, even to this day, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, I love being surrounded by all this stuff. There's a story for literally every, I could pull every, every little piece that I have, every little piece of, of junk or, ephemera or poster that I have on the wall, there's literally a story attached to every single one of them. Um, and I, I enjoy telling stories. My dad is a fantastic storyteller. Um, and I think I got a little bit of that from him. Uh, but then and from, from the South too, that's just a way of life down here. You know, you sit back and you listen to folks tell stories. And um, I enjoy that very much in, you know, in the, the way that I design and just in the way of, you know, what I kind of surround myself with. So one of the things that I've noticed so much in your, um, in that video was kind of the, the various, you know, sketchbooks and notebooks that you've got sitting around and all the patches. And it made me think about kind of the mix of things that you do kind of between the the Americana vibe and, you know, all of the studio temporary branded stuff that you sell. So maybe talk to us a little bit about your mix of um, doing your own products and doing client work and what that looks like. Um, it's kind of cool. I mean, as far as the sketch notes or as far as the um, sketchbooks and everything, I've been using field notes for eight years. I mean, I love them uh, constantly. I mean, I've, I go through one, I go through one book about every, week and a half to two weeks. I'll just fill it up completely. Um, my archives are pretty massive when it comes to those. Mm. Um, but as far as making something, um, I, you know, we all have things that are just, you know, uh, gathering pixels, you know, in, in folders in, uh, you know, on our desktops or laptops or, you know, on our Dropbox account or whatnot. And there's this idea that I want to make something that I want to hang up. You know, mm -hmm. I saw something, I didn't see a version of it out, out in the world, or at least my version of it. So I wanted to make something that, you know what, I just want to make it. And even if I only get one just to hang up, I think it'd be really cool. Um, so that was honestly, when I, when I'm thinking about making a new product or something, I just, you know, this would look really cool, you know, and that's, <laughs> that's literally, mm -hmm. um, that's literally my criteria for do I want to make other than do I have the money to actually make it? Uh, do you know, uh, <laughs> is this something that I would, I would wear something that I would sport or hang up or whatnot. Um, and does it have some type of meaning to me? I think that when I first started, I was just making things, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I think that now anything that I do is it's very, focused on either what I'm feeling at the moment or, um, you know, something very focused on, you know, whether it's my studio mantra, just the way I go about design, the way I think, the way my mind works around design, you know, how does a product represent something like that? Um, and that's, that's kind of my criteria. Um, I, I recently did a, um, uh, my little mantra for the studio became, you know, freedom to work, freedom to live. And I created this really awesome, uh, you know, eagle with my little logo under there. And that kind of became the studio mantra and kind of my official, you know, if you want to know what I'm about, this is it. And I, that opened up a whole new world of, you know, 
talking about the studio and in a way that that people can relate to, you know, not just, I'm, I'm not putting out stuff. That's like an inside joke to me. It's, and it's kind of weird having an inside joke with yourself. Um, but, um, you know, it, it just opened up a whole new world and, and people like, seem to like it and, yeah. and, uh, they didn't buy it. I shipped out a ton of stuff this morning, uh, you know, right before we got on the call, you know, head out, I go to lunch, you know, I'll walk past this little underground post office here in, um, here in downtown Atlanta. And, um, I'll just take a, you know, take a big bag with me with all the stuff in there and I'll sit at the post office and then, you know, walk, walk onto the street or whatnot and go pick up my lunch and back to the studio. Um, I like, I like that, you know, I like shipping things out. I like, when people get them, I like when, you know, I mean, when they buy them, really, you know, to say, yeah. I put something up and somebody says, hey, this has got to go on a patch or this would look great as a pin or have you thought about doing a poster series? You know, anytime somebody says something like that, I always, you know, I'll always scribble that down in, in my field notes and just say, okay, let's, let's come back to that. This would be kind of cool, you know, and I know it's, it's kind of difficult sometimes because you could sell out everything with people saying I would buy that as opposed to when you actually put it out and, you know, four people buy it. Um, but for me, it's, you know, I'm going to take this, I'm going to make back the money that I spent on it. And then I'll just start giving them away, you know, not, not, not all of them, but just like, I'll have somebody come by the studio, uh, um, a, stu a student or somebody might come by the studio. Maybe they'll do like a little interview or something. Um, like if you were here and if we were doing this face to face, you'd be leaving with a boatload of stuff, you know, <laughs> and I might send you some anyway, but that's what I want to do. You know, I, I like, I like when people leave with something tangible. I don't mm -hmm. do any web design. I'll most any, just about all of what I do is going to be made into a physical product. So to be able to give somebody something physical that I made when they leave just kind of as a memento or just cause I know they'd like it. That's, that's a big deal to me. And it starts, it's really started to manifest into um, the stuff that I make on the side. Mm -hmm. um, some, of, some of the designs that I make will just live on Instagram uh, as, you know, hey, like I just, I'm, I'm working on one. We're going out of town. I'm taking my wife and my little boy. We're going up to the North Georgia mountains. Uh, we found a little cabin up there. We're going to go up there for the weekend. You know, kind of like a little spring retreat, which we've never been able to do, ever. Um, this is so this is a big deal for me, but I made a little graphic that I'm going to post. Uh, I'm going to post tomorrow morning and just says, hey, I'm out of the office. I'm away from the stuff. Uh, I'll talk to everybody on Monday and then and then go from there. So. You know, I could leave a uh, an email, you know, a little uh, automated email thing or I can make something so. Make something is generally going to be what, um, what is it, is generally going to be what, uh, <laughs> you know, what works for me. Yeah. I, well, I think maybe um, speaking of inside jokes and things that you make, um, maybe, maybe this will be an interesting one to try, but is it ping pong or table tennis? <laughs> <laughs> um. I say, I say table tennis, but the mural that I designed for, uh, for Switchyard says, you know, uh, Atlanta's, you know, Atlanta's only subterranean, uh, you know, ping pong, um, you know, facility or whatnot. I can't even remember. Um, I can't even remember what it says on my own mural. <laughs> um, but it, you know, for me, it's table tennis, it's ping pong. I really don't care. I just love playing it. Uh, when I was a, uh, when I was a teenager, I went to the Junior Olympics back in two, this would have been two thousand four, um, and I won two uh, two silver medals at the AAU uh, Junior Olympics, which was kind of going doubles and a team event. And I've continued to play um, even up to this day. Um, I've already played twice this week, <laughs> you know, um, keeps me in good shape. I love playing and um, it's just so much fun to the point where, you know, we're getting back into products again. Mm -hmm. I decided to make my own table tennis brand. Um, I made a couple of shirts and um, I made some shorts, which are going to be here shortly. Uh -huh. um, just just for fun. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I've made it and now it's there. I've got probably a dozen t-shirt designs 
you know, for that sitting, like I said, just gathering pixels in my, um, you know, in my, in my Dropbox, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but it's there. And, uh, um, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. Everybody's like, you know, Hey, we, you know, we're at a, you know, what is it at our studio? Hey, we've got a table and it's like, Oh, you know, I play league once a week, go to the club a couple of times a week. So, I mean, you know, when they show up and it's like, Hey, let's hit around for a little bit. I'm like, yeah, let's hit around. And then I start knocking around a little bit and then I start to get, and then I start to get fired up. I'm like, I want to just smack this thing, you know? And then, and then I do. And then it's just like, and then, you know, party's on. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just fun. You know, I like, you know, everybody's kind of got their little thing on the side for me. It's this, and it just, it just happens to be something that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, around, but to be able to do it at kind of a, you know, in kind of a different way, I really enjoy that. And, you know, I've gotten to the point now where they're like, look, don't ever put money on a game against Scott. Just trust me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you don't know what you're getting into. Well, yeah, it's like I've had a couple folks say, you know, I don't know if I want to play you now. I'm like, look, come on. It's not that. It's not like that, you know. Um, but, you know, in the end, it's just, it's something fun. I love doing it. It's a phenomenal workout. And, um, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, helps to knock some of the stress out. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, literally. You get, to swing at a 40, you get to swing at a 40 millimeter ball as hard as you can. And that's the point of the game, you know. If you're having, if you had a crap day at work, that is the best <laughs> therapy that you can, the money can buy. Well, when it comes to doing client work, as opposed to kind of more personal projects, I know we were talking a little at the top of the show about a recent project you got to do for Johnny Cupcakes, which I'd love to hear more about. But I'm, I'm kind of curious how, um, in your practice, you find your best clients and attract those. So I guess like gives you two things that you could maybe tackle here is between uh, how you find that work and what that Johnny Cupcakes project was about. Um, one of the things that I always tell folks, uh, especially when it comes to finding work, is just be available. If you, if you meet me out somewhere, I may not be talking about design at all because, you know, I'm a person, you're a person, you know, I want to know what you're doing and not necessarily at, you know, at all times, how it relates to design, you know? I, I don't know, you know, like uh, <laughs> I have met and, and signed so many incredible clients at a place that had nothing to do with design. Hmm. And like I met, uh, I got a chance to work for the city of Atlanta um, last year, which is bonkers. And I'm going to get a chance to do more this year. But I did a poster for the Georgia Conservancy, a poster design for one of their, um, for one of their big events. And the lady who was being honored at that event said, Scott, I want to introduce you to somebody. This is, you know, this person. And um, he said, I, th I think you guys would hit it off. I'm like, okay, cool. So I shook his hand. We should chat for a second. And uh, he said, you know, what do you do? And I told him, I'm a designer and illustrator. I run a little thing called the Studio Temporary. I, I did this poster right here, just kind of fun. And he took a look at it. He said, whoa, that's great stuff. He said, you know what? Let me give you my card. And uh, he gives me his card and uh, says, you know, well, let's, let's set something up for the next couple weeks. I had, I, you have to understand, I have not looked at the card at this mm. point. So he walks away and I, and I you know, I just, I just throw, throw the card in my field notes. I get so many cards now and it's, you know, I basically I get the cards, I throw them in my field notes. And then when I get back to the hotel or back to the house or back to the studio or whatnot, I'll just pull them out and just say, keep, keep, not, 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 keep, cut, not, you know, mm. and, you know, it sounds bad. We all do it. But I pulled this guy's card out and it said, uh, you know, chairman of city planning, city of Atlanta. And I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so he comes two weeks later, you know, we get on the phone and he says, well, we need to talk. There's a bunch of stuff we you know, I want to talk to you about. And I'm thinking, well, looks like I'll be going to city hall a whole bunch. Um, and then he said, why don't we have the first meeting at your studio? Which, blew me away because yeah. I never thought that I never thought that would happen. Right. So he comes in, we spent two and a half hours in the studio. An hour and a half was spent looking through all the stuff that you saw mm -hmm. in that video. <laughs> and, you know, and then we got to do that with Johnny cupcakes. Um, and I, I, I have at least a dozen stories of how, like I was playing pickup basketball and this guy, I went over and said, Hey to him because he was, he and I were the only two redheads there. 
And he was, you know, playing pretty good. So I went over there, said, hey, turns out he lived right up the road from me, was opening this, uh, was going to start this, um, like, athletic sports company where he was needing designs for socks and T-shirts and packaging and everything. And we just started talking. And then a week later, we signed a deal. Um, and I did it. And I, I've, I've done a ton of stuff for them. And a couple of things even showed up in the Olympics in Rio, which mm-hmm. was, you know, which is another story. As you, as you can see, I, keep, I can keep compounding on these things, you know, <laughs> you know, one story might be got 20 more. So, um, but I know, but, uh, you know, we've got to stop this thing at some point. But, um, <laughs> you know, but as far as the Johnny Cupcakes thing, um, he had actually been following some of my work um, for about a year prior. Um, you know, on Instagram and whatnot. And they used a couple of the typefaces that I designed um, for Retro Supply. They had used them in a couple of their ads. And I knew, mm-hmm. I knew one of his, uh, his main designer, Dale. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, you did this. And, and that was really cool. And I just, I, I, would, I would let him know, like, every couple of months, hey, man, I want to do a shirt for you guys. I really want to. I think that'd be great. And then right before Creative South last year, I get a... I get an email from him. He's like, Hey, what's your rates? So I sent him back. I said, I'm going to be about this. And, you know, basically, you know, if you need it any faster than this time, it doubles. And he's like, okay, cool. So at, right as I'm getting ready to head to creative South, he says, Hey, I need you to do two t-shirts for me for the flag, our flagship store in Boston. Mm. Here's a cup. He sent me like two rough sketches of like his kind of idea. And he said, I said, oh, this is great. You know, when do you need him? I had about, I had less than a day and a half to do both. And I was getting ready to head to Creative South. Um, so I, that was, I think, Tuesday night, about 10 o'clock. Johnny's a night owl, which is, which is kind of mm. cool. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. So the next morning I get into the studio. I'm, I'm supposed to pick up my buddy from the airport at like 11 o'clock. I get into the studio at six in the morning. Six in the morning, I'm in Atlanta, I'm in the studio, and I'm pounding away at this thing. And I did a little Instagram live, and I said, hey, you know, I'm getting ready to head to Creative South. I'm doing this thing. I'm working on something for Johnny Cupcakes. I can't show you any of this yet. It's going to be so cool. And then I get, a, I get a message from Johnny. He's like, I didn't know you were headed to a conference. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> you know, he's like giving me an out if I need it. And I said, uh, no, 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 I got it. Uh, I had a, uh, one sleepless night, and I got them all done and sent off and about a month and a half later they're up in the store they made pins out of them they made a hoodie and stickers and uh, he sent me t-shirts and then um they make a uh, they used to make a zine uh like a monthly uh, zine or whatnot and a centerfold of maize back in that would have been of, of, of last year was the story of how he and i worked together on oh, that, cool. which was insane um so we're we're in talks to do some more stuff this year um so we'll see and plus i found out too johnny is a massive table tennis fan loves to play all the time as much as he can he was here in atlanta last fall and he just wasn't able to get away uh to to get to get a game with me but i promised him this year whether i have to come up to boston or, or whatnot we are gonna figure out some way uh to get a game in this year and we'll, you know, we'll stream it live. We'll gram about it. We'll, you know, we'll trash talk. I mean, whatever. It's it, it's going to be if it happens, or no, no, not if. When it happens this year, it's going to be so much fun. So once again, that's like all of these different facets of my life kind of coming together. You know, I'm reaching out and being available. The fact that you know it's something that I love, like the table tennis bit, and then just you know this passion for just this obsession for how you know just how much I love doing this. Scott, I'm curious um, who some of your design heroes are. Ah, um, I would say, um, and it was cool too, because I didn't know if you asked me once again, until my junior year, if you asked me who a big designer was or any like a famous designer, I couldn't tell you. My sophomore year of college, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) And then um, I, you know, my junior year of my junior year, I started researching and I, man, I jumped into Vignelli and Steph mm-hmm. Geisbuehler and Bass. Lance Wyman is probably my favorite designer of all time. I love his work. Yeah. It's so good, so to the point. I love the wayfinding systems. I love how they're built. Um, and then any man, any Canadian designer, man, you've got Stuart Ash, you've got Rolf Harder, you've got 
you know, uh, what is it? Um, you know, just all these incredible people out of there. The designs that come out of out of the, out of Canada are just unreal. Then you've got you know German design, Dutch design folks. You don't know Paul Ibo. Have you ever heard of that guy? He's like no, how do you um, spell that last name? Oh my, I B O U. Uh, this guy, he's like a Belgian designer. He's got, um, he's like the Stefan Kenchev of, of Belgian design. It's unreal, uh, how much work this guy's done. And I know some of his work, but this guy's been, you know, been around for, you know, 50, 60 years. Mm, very cool. And then, um, you know, so, he, so there's a fan you've got, um, you know, so those are the folks that haven't, that really had an influence, especially, when I started and even, and even more so now, um, I got to talk to Lance Wyman this year, which was bonkers. I called his studio and I'm like, somebody, he's not going to, he answered the phone. <laughs> he freaking answered the phone. That's awesome. That, I, I didn't, there was another number three moment. And it was just, it was amazing. I was like, I, I got to talk to him for like 10 minutes. You know, I told him, you know, hey, I got a chance to work on some stuff that you also that you worked on and I got to use some of your stuff. And I learned a lot just by looking at how you, you know, how you set up your illustrations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got your book and everything. Um, Malcolm Greer was another one, another not as well known designer uh, who's also uh, has done an insane amount of very well known work. Um. And then, you know, you've got, you've got your Paula shares. Um, it's just, it's just incredible. Um, and then, you know, from designers as well, you know, then you get your, you know, your illustration, you know, your Adam Grayson's and your next Slater's and all those guys. Um, and then some of the folks that are just making cool things. Uh, there's a girl named Lydia Nichols. Uh, she makes some great stuff. My mentor or my, my mentee, I'm a mentor this year for the first time. Uh, uh, Shay, uh, Shay O'Connor, she's an incredible illustrator. Um, the folks from uh, Wear Grits out in Austin, uh, my buddy Brad Woodard. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, but those initial designers, you know, the ones that were, you know, from the, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. um, in that kind of golden era of identity design and trademark design, you know, that stuff still rings true, if not more, if not even more so in the, you know, in the era that we live in. And that's what I use as my building blocks to, to really make this, you know, make, you know, what I do happen. Um, and to get a chance to now meet them, I'm getting to a chance to meet more and more of them. And it's, it's just incredible. Um, and then, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, um, I don't, you don't want me to keep going on and on and on, but it's, um, it's been crazy. And just, just a heck of a lot of fun. Well, maybe we could, um, obviously we keep talking about cool people and cool designers all day long, but, um, <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe we've already touched on the answer to this question, but you know, I got to ask it. And so what would you say you are most obsessed with right now? Oh, wow. That is a good question. I am obsessed right now. In my work, I'm obsessed with, you know, that mantra is, is pretty new. So I'm really obsessed with the, the freedom to work, freedom to mm -hmm. live and finding a way to, to talk about that visually. I'm, I'm super obsessed with that right now on this, uh, in other, in other notes, um, I am, um, I'm very obsessed with the World Football Association from 1974 to 1975, which was the complete span of its existence. Wow. Uh, but the, the designs, the, the, the helmets and the pennants and decals and all that kind of stuff, I am searching the web. I'm searching, you know, stores and shops and state sales or whatnot, just trying to find them. I've always got my eye out for that type of stuff and uh, anything by Rolf Harder. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very obsessively, um, uh, you know, looking for that right now. And then, you know, on a more personal note i'm trying to obsess more and more it's we with obsession comes a price and people pay it in different ways i'm not proud to say that i'm not proud at all to say that it has eaten into my family life mm -hmm. and my obsession this year really is being how 
do I really include? I mean, my son's six. He's an incredible little kid. How can I bring really even more so? I mean, try to involve them as much as I can, but how can I really, really, really do that? How can I set my schedule to do this? How can I make sure that I have this time? And I'm not just look. I'm not just doing it because it's on a calendar. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it because I, you know, I mean, my family. I love them, and I want to do it. And I know we get so wrapped up and obsessed with what we're doing, but you know, I gotta remember. I don't get to this point without them. I mean, that's my son. Right. You know, it's my wife. We're gonna be married for ten years this year, which is insane. Congratulations. You know. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, it's it's great. Even better. I mean, just it keeps getting better and better. But those are my current obsessions, you know. I mean, I want to build something for myself, you know, something that, you know, maybe one day I do pass along to my son. You know, I want to, you know, uh, yeah, I'm trying to build my collection too. I don't think that'll ever stop. But I think the most important out of all those is really trying to build that a stronger version of me with my family and it's you know like i said i'm as stubborn as a mule so when i get set on something you know things that come out of nowhere or things that i haven't planned on or things that i weren't thinking about they shock me you know where it's like oh well, uh, well, I, uh, uh you know <laughs> so you know like like the will like the wilhelm scream there at the beginning of uh, you know when we first uh when we first started so it's I'm, I'm doing a lot better and it's something that i'm going to continue doing and i've we found some great stuff i love it and you know then this getting away for the weekend it's going to be great and i cannot wait to see you know we're going to have a blast up in, up in the mountains and um just trying to make this whole thing stronger. Yeah. So, um, out of all the cool things you've had a chance to work on, what's maybe a dream project that you haven't had a chance to do yet that you were just focused on? I would love a couple, I think a couple of things. Um, and, and some of these things, you know, like I never thought that I would love designing socks. You know, two years ago I was doing a talk and somebody said, what's the greatest thing you're working on right now? I said socks <laughs> and I'm not kidding. And here's why. So you never know what's what's going to kind of come out of this. Um, I would I would love to get a chance to work for um, do some work for Lego or Hot Wheels. Um, those were the two staples of me growing up. Um, I'd love to do some work for them. So if anybody out there knows how to get in touch with them, get in touch with me, and we'll make it happen. It'll be worth your time. All right, listeners, there's your homework. Okay. I've got some time coming up around mid mid uh, May, so um, you know let's let's make this thing happen. Um, I've you know I designed so many NASCARs and racing you know cars as a kid. You know I'd love to do one in real life. I think that'd be great. I'd like to do something. I'd like to do something for just kind of for America in general. You know whether it comes from the top, whether it comes from the the military, or just something like that. I mean I just. I love this country. I've, you know, and I'd love to be able to, you know, solve some some visual stuff. I mean, you look back at the the Shemayef and Geismar, the stuff they did, everything from like the EPA. Mm -hmm. You know, Malcolm Greer doing some big stuff for, um, you know, uh, for some of the. I mean, I, it's it, it's incredible some of the stuff that was done, but it was all done, a lot of it was done so long ago. I'd love to kind of bring a little bit of me to that. Like this is. Honestly, I, and, and I told her, and I told everybody this. I said, my goal is to design, be the be the person to design the logo for America's tricentennial. I will be. Let's see. It is. Uh, let's see, I was. Let's see, was one hundred eighty-five. So, let's see. I'd be. I'd be ninety-one. I think. Yeah. About that time when it would come out. But I, that's my long-term goal is I want to design a logo for the tricentennial. I think that would be our 300th anniversary to get to that point. If I live to that point, you know, whatever, I think that would be cool. So, you know, more stuff kind of closer to home, but I mean, I'm still thinking now almost 60 years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that because I think I, I was born in 76 as a bicentennial baby. So oh, I'd like to yeah. be around to see so, that. So yeah. Hit the big one oh. I was born in eighty five. Born in eighty five. I'm gonna be thirty three this year. I'm still a young kid in this industry, which is kind of fun, um, and still young at heart. And 
and whatnot, but uh, it'd be cool. You know, I, I just, I just think that'd be a lot of fun. That is a nice uh, play the long game kind of goal. Love it. Um, so as we're uh, <laughs> getting towards the end of our show here today, um, you mentioned earlier becoming a, a mentor with your first mentee and thinking about your first intern. Mm-hmm. What do you think will be the first piece of advice that you'll pass along to that intern? I would say probably one of the first piece of advice that I was first, one of the first things I was told in my first ever portfolio review out of, out of college basically was your first job is probably going to (laughs) suck. You know, there, you might, you might end up working in a place you're not as crazy about, but you know, it'll get to the experience um, that has remained true for me. (laughs) Um, But what I would probably tell them in all honesty is there are no excuses. You literally get out of this exactly what you put into Mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, I learned a work ethic from my dad, you know, from the time I was a little kid, um, he showed me how to make things and to take things further than just, you know, what's in the specs, you know, why can't it look better or why can't it, you know, why can't it be presented better? You know, we're talking about, we're talking about a a machinist, not a designer, Mm -hmm. but he still had that outlook. But at the same time, you you get out of this what you put into it and i have been through that like we talked about before i've been through some nasty stuff in my life but i stuck with it you know because you had a rough month or because you know you got evicted or you know this or that or something i mean it literally is it's it's simple but you get out of it exactly what you put into it yeah that's good advice well, Scott, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. We'll have to um, not go quite as long in between our, our next conversation. <laughs> um, yes, yes, let yes, you go, yes. um, tell our listeners where they can find you on the interwebs and how we can order some of your stuff. Okay. Um, if you, you can find me at thestudiotemporary.com. You can follow me on Instagram at studio temporary and if you're still interested after both of those and you would actually like to have some of my stuff in your home or studio or basement or shop or whatever you can go to the studio temporary there's posters pins patches uh t-shirts all kind of fun stuff on there uh more stuff on the way uh, but um but yeah i also do a um every thursday um, I do a little Instagram live uh, thing. I call it the three C's, uh, compliments, concerns, and questions. And uh, I'll let you guys figure that one out. Um, but it's at four o'clock Eastern time every Thursday. Um, I'll get on. I'll do a, I'll do a little um, Q&A. I'll, you know, share my screen, show you what I'm working on, show you some tips and tricks, you know. Um, but if, if you want to, you know, interact with me or whatnot, um, if you want to reach out, please do so. Um, you know, shoot me a direct message on Instagram, shoot me an email, whatever. Um, I'd love to say, Hey, love to chat. And if you're in the Atlanta area, stop by. I love having visitors at the studio. And as previously stated, you will leave with some cool stuff. Beautiful. Well, Scott, thanks for, uh, chatting with me today and thank you for being obsessed with design. Okay, kids, that's show number 98 officially in the books. We are getting ever so close to episode number 100. And I'm excited that I've got three scheduled to interview just for next week. So hang tight to see what episode number 100 has in store. You can get all of today's show notes on our website at obsessedshow.com. And if you haven't already, while you're there, add your email address to our newsletter. I'll update you on some of my favorite new episodes and some cool things that I find in my daily obsessions. Also, we've added links on the website to all the places where you can find the show. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So no matter where you find your podcasts, chances are you can listen to Obsessed with Design from there. Just head over to obsessedshow.com and find the link that's right for you. 
Twitter is one of my favorite ways to receive recommendations for new guests. Tweet to at Obsessed Show and I'm at Josh Miles. Let me know who you think we should interview next. Also, head over to iTunes to subscribe to Obsessed with Design. We'd love to have a rating and review to help others find the show. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. And our show is always edited by Jen Eds at the Brassy Broadcast Company. Visit BrassyBroad.com to learn more. This is, again, one of those examples where I tried my hand at a last-second edit, so if you don't like how this one sounds, let me know. This wasn't Jen's fault. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.